we are still the national champions of college football. <clears throat> and if you're not a Georgia fan, you are still not. That feels good to say. It's a we're warm gonna, blanket. We're going to keep saying it over and over again. But there's news to discuss today, Clint. There's portal news. There's NFL draft news. Listen, when you're this good, hmm. people, you're going to lose some people. That's just the facts of it's life. The of the business. We're going to talk about who is on the way out, who might follow them on the way out, and what that all means for the University of Georgia today on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Locked on Bulldogs, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We got three things to talk about. Okay. Portal. We're going to talk about that portal. It's that portal. Secondly, draft, where we see them dogs going, mm. who has declared what we might be able to see. And then lastly, we might dip into, uh, oh, I don't know, a, a head coach of a loser program that has, a has been. A has been. A, a used re- to be. A retiree mm-hmm. who uh, AARP member who definitely made a title wave with his votes. He holding on, he, Clint. He, he just holding on tight. I think stage five clinger is he holding the term. on tight. Uh, but first, the portal news, Daniel. Okay. We got uh, news this week. Mm-hmm. As many many players uh, have looked at their future. Yep. And seeing the kind of uh, situation that's out there at UGA have decided to take their talents elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of tight ends as well as a defensive back, a highly regarded defensive back, five-star. Jaheim Singletary today announcing he is hitting the portal. Uh, so far, that's that's three. Mm-hmm. And four if you if we're if we're going um oh, who's that cat? That offensive uh, uh, lineman was it? Shoot, now I forget. We got three that we know of. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. We got three that we know okay, of. Okay, sure. Daniel. Um, I mean, we're recording on Thursday night. This is not going to come out until Friday morning. There'll probably be four more between now and then. Like, it's the portal, Clay. You don't yes, know. I, you don't, I know don't know what's know. happening. Here's There will be more, and we might get into some speculation at the end of the segment. But let's just jump in. First of all, thanks if you're listening on audio, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, follow wherever you are. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Hit that thumbs up. Whatever uh, you can do for the pod, we appreciate it. Uh, We'll be here all offseason, by the way. We'll be talking basketball team. We'll be talking about uh, recruiting news. We'll be talking about all this stuff with the Georgia football team. So, uh Stick with us. Let's talk about this portal. The tight ends, first of all, Clint, Seether and Goad. I, first of all, good luck to them. Good. I love these guys. Good luck. These are great. These are great University of Georgia players. Um, never got their opportunity. They were never going to get their opportunity. I'm sorry, you said tight end, Daniel. It's, it's, it's a juggernaut of a room. There's never been a room like it in all of college football history, I don't no. believe. No, never. So you're never going to get an opportunity, and I want you to go play, and I want you to go uh, cash in and have some success and get on the field. 
Um, these guys helped us win championships. They were part of this team. Uh, they played an important role. But you look at the, I mean, you, not just Oscar Delpin, Brock Bowers next year, but you look at the tight end recruiting coming in. Three more guys projected in this Spence. in this next class. All of each one just better than the last. Clint, I don't know. It's it is an embarrassment of riches at that position, and so not a surprise at all that you're going to see those guys hit the portal. To be honest with you, I thought one of them was going to hit the portal last year after Oscar Delp got on campus or was recruited, and you know all of the the projections about him because we all sort of speculated. Well, neither none of these guys, Oscar Delp's going to come right in and pass all these guys on the depth chart. And sure enough, that is sort of what happened. Oscar Delp quickly became the third string tight end. Um, and so you're happy for him. You're happy to see him go. Jaheim Singletary makes a bit of news because he's a former five-star. Now, if I may here. You may. If you're trying to tweet and generate interest then former five-star is something you're going to lead with when talking about Jaheim Singletary. And obviously, Jaheim Singletary is very talented. And if you happen to be the program that gets him, sure, you are getting a former five-star, a very talented oh. player. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, Clint, he's not the only former five-star recruit that's sitting there waiting in the wings. Number one, Kamari Lassiter, not a former five-star recruit, no, has um, has just established himself, as we said on yesterday's pod, um, as corner number one on this yep. team. Yep. Dalen Everett, another former five-star in Jaheim yep. Singletary's class, clearly beat him out and has been next in the pecking order. And then you bring in guys like A.J. Harris in this last signing class, who um, has already signed? You bring in guys like Daniel Harris. You get, Georgia is loaded with talent at you corner. Say, you didn't even say Nylon. And then you got Nylon Green, who's who's a veteran, who's been on campus probably the longest of all those guys. Yep. Um, and so you've got so much talent at every age that you know you're going to lose. That's what. It's honestly the thing. If I go on just a tiny little soapbox, and then yeah, I'd love to hear sure. your thoughts on these transfers. Um, it's the thing that makes me most annoyed with recruiting gurus and insiders. Because every single kid that signs at Georgia has an article written about them, about how they're going to be a day one starter, and how they have a chance to be one of the all-time greats to ever yep. play for the University of Georgia. Well, that's fine if you're trying to get clicks and sell content but that's that's just not the facts of life and if you ever were to point that out for these kids when they sign that hey a lot of these kids are never going to see the field for the university of georgia we were we just recruited four defensive backs in the same class four corners in the same class some of them going to transfer yeah people don't love to hear that but no. that's just the way that it is like you lose is, these guys when you recruit the way that Kirby does. Kirby recruits because he knows he's going to lose these guys. And so there. Uh, my problem with this entire thing is, is exactly what you said. And we don't know, and we're not playing sour grapes because we've done this with five-star kids that haven't worked out and did not show out on the field for Georgia and stuck it out. You can say coming out of high school, he was a five-star. That's a, 
a true fact. That's right. But then when you get on college campus, something changes. Something is different. Maybe maybe you couldn't get the weight up. Maybe you couldn't uh, get the speed there, the twitch. So we're not. Maybe there were just really, really good players in front of you. It's not a slight on the kid. The kid might go somewhere and have a great career. Now, this is the one caveat I'm going to stipulate. We have a couple of exceptions to this, but the vast majority of the rule is this. And this is why I think development is Kirby's game and will always be Kirby's game. Of course, is getting lotto tickets. Remember, recruits and the stars are lotto tickets. The higher the star, the more likelihood, but not the guarantee. Kirby's going to develop because think of all the transfer, thousands of transfer kids, Mm -hmm. only a couple of them really, really make a meaningful impact. That's right. And so we're excited about a couple of wide receivers we're getting coming in. You should be excited. They're talented. Absolutely. If you think they're going to make a a cataclysmic shift at UGA, well, one, it's hard when you're king two times in a row. But two, development and culture is key. Kirby has a certain type of person. So yes, Georgia fan, wish every single one of these kids good luck. And if you don't, shut your mouth okay and and take into account that there are two types of players that leave programs there are starters who leave programs to go to other programs because that's where they want to be and there are backups who leave programs to go to other programs because that's their only choice to play now I'm not saying Georgia is immune from that second one. Obviously, Jermaine Burton was a starter and he left the program because he didn't want to be in the program anymore. He wanted to yep. leave the program. Kid that transferred down to Miami, defensive back, uh, what was his name? Oh, yes. What was that kid's? Golly. By the way, the name the I was thinking name. of earlier was Bill Norton, already in the transfer portal. Defensive oh, lineman, yeah, yeah. Not Bill Norton. Not, yeah, defensive lineman. That was, yeah, that was a midseason transfer portal, yeah. or I guess pre Peach Bowl transfer portal. Um, uh, what the heck was that kid's name? Everyone in the comments is shouting. They're killing you right now. Um, starts with an S anyway. It's not like Georgia's never had Stevenson. Um, it's not like Georgia's never had, uh, players who were starters play like real players leave their program. Georgia has that. Every program's going to have that from time to time, but this is not that case. So don't read former five-star and think, oh, no, Georgia is losing something. That former five-star wants to play at Georgia. He wishes he were playing at Georgia. And again, I'm not trying to slight the kid. I'm just trying to tell you that the kid sees the handwriting on the wall. He sees the Nylon Green and Dalen Everett are ahead of him. He sees that A.J. Harris is coming. He sees that there is talent. He sees that Kamari Laster is not going anywhere. He just had the two best defensive back classes in the world. He sees that Javon Bullard is coming back. He sees that there's just not that many spots for him to play. He's an outside corner, and we play two of them. One of them's already filled, and I just named two guys that are ahead of him on the depth chart. So you're not... He wishes he were a, he was yeah. at Georgia. Those tight ends would love to be at Georgia, Yes. But that's just not the way it worked out for them. And so wish we wish these guys well. There will be other players in the transfer portal. There might be a starter in the transfer portal, Georgia fans. Sure. You you gotta you gotta just prepare yourself. There will not be a person who transfers from the University of Georgia who breaks the program. I Can't promise happen. you. Can't I promise you. Happen. 
that will not be the case. So uh, we're going to come back after this. Talk about draft and guys who did make Georgia, Georgia and are going to get paid mm. in doing so. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your sports book experts. They are fantastic for everything that you need to do to bet on all these games coming up this weekend. Go ahead, like I said, and take the points and the Niners. Give those points straight over the Seahawks. Have fun. Did- I don't want them. Pete Carroll doesn't want anything to do with the 49. He literally came out in his press conference and said, we are screwed. No, um, we don't know how to beat them. We are screwed. They're great. And if you go to bet online, you can get all the odds, the news and the scores right there. The official sports book of locked on Bulldogs and locked on podcasts everywhere. You can get parlays. Uh, you can go ahead and if you don't, you don't realize that in a couple months we got this beautiful, beautiful event that is Americana history called the Masters, in which Daniel and I have given out Ooh. our our little little futures on. Uh, be looking mm-hmm. for that. Bet online is a place you can go, put all your action, your hard earned cash, and it's the only place that Daniel and I both trust to make our official sports book. All right, Clint, let's talk about this draft. Um, uh, let's see off the top of my head. Go, we, got, got we got Darnell, mm, big O big in the o. draft. He gone. We got Keely Ringo in the draft. He gone. Um, Broderick Jones declared yet? Broderick Jones has not declared yet. Broderick Jones gone. He going he gone to declare. He's, he's I'll just going go and break to that news on the pod yes. right here. Um, we got any other underclassmen that have declared? No. Now, again, he could have. I, I have not seen the official. Like, we saw Big O's official yeah, today. Sure. It came out. Um, so, Broderick's gone. Big O's gone. Uh, we saw Keeley's official today as well. Jalen Carter official. Uh, Jalen Carter, right, is the other underclassman, I think, right. that has right. declared. I feel the same way about this that I felt about the transfer portal conversation, Clint. And then I'll, I'll hear what you think about all these guys declaring for the draft. Number one, when you're good, you're going to have guys declare for the draft. That's yeah. sort of what people do when they want to, I don't know, earn a living doing playing the game that they love. Yep. None of these guys are even, this is the understatement of the century, the coldest take in the history of the world. None of these guys are even a remote surprise when it comes to did we expect them to declare for the draft. We absolutely knew for certain Mm-hmm. that all of the players that we just mentioned were going to declare for the draft. And I'll just tell you this. There won't be an underclassman that declares for the draft for Georgia this year. That's a surprise. And all of them should go to the NFL draft. Yes. And all of them are expected, I'll just say, to go to the NFL draft. All of the projections you see next year about how good Georgia's going to be all have already taken into account the Keely Ringo and Darnell Washington and Broderick Jones and Jalen Carter. We're not going to be part of this team. And so this is a celebration if you're a Georgia fan. This is not a, oh, no, we're losing this guy. You knew you were losing these guys already. That's why we recruit. That's why we develop. That's why so many young guys got playing time this year. And that's, that's the key piece. If you go back, and we said before the season, last year's historic defense, two years ago historic defense, we were getting production back, snap counts back, percentage plays back, and sure enough, our defense showed out again and was mm-hmm. arguably the best defense in all of college football for a second year in a row. I know Iowa 
wants to talk about it, but for the love of all that is good, stop. please don't speak Iowa. Please, please don't speak until you're spoken to. And spoiler alert, no one's going to speak to you. No one's going to talk. No. Um, because uh, if you guys want to bang your shot, Luke Fickle is going to be the best defense in that conference. Anyway. Um, what if an Iowa fan was actually listening to this podcast? I would right love every moment of it. <laughs> oh, oh, don't you? Okay. Hey, well, oh, don't I talk suppose, about the Hawkeyes like that. I suppose I get these uh, bag of bags and uh, don't know what to do with them quite yet. But, oh, want some ice fishing? Um, look. Snap counts matter. We are getting back large amounts of snap counts at the right positions. Again, Daniel and I have said, I was asked on a radio program uh, last week, what do we think about next year's team and what position are we questionable at? And we said it's quarterback. If we get productive, productive play from the quarterback position, we're going to be fine. Everywhere else, we have not only stars and studs, but depth. So if you look at this team, we have it coming back. They're not going to break. And all the guys going are going to be great. Jalen Carter will be soon the best defensive tackle in college football. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how to tell you that he's maybe going to three be, years and I, he will be viewed as one of the best defensive tackles in all college and, football. And if you're or in all come, pro football, in all pro football, if you're going to come at us for this, we said George I mean, Pickens. Stop, in three stop. Years. If you're going to come at us for this, stop. We said George Pickens in three years will be the best wide receiver. Turns out, make it two. Just Maybe. make it that two year. Because he come and quit. Jalen Carter will be Sue, will be Aaron Donald. He He's that type of player. Okay. Uh, and is it that? Let me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead and talk about Keeley and these other guys. Keeley. Look, I, I am I am now more confident. He's going to go in the top half of the first By round. the way, Keeley didn't bust that coverage. I know like it's, it's you want to blame Javon Bullard busted that coverage, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Javon Bullard is a damn good dog, and he made up for it many times over in you know that what? college football play. It's okay. He made a mistake. It's okay. I, I did, in fact, have some some <laughs> little little left hash busted coverage miscommunication, but it was fine because all's it, well that 65, ends well. 65-7, it ended pretty it well, ended I think, well. yeah. Um, so Keely Ring is going to be fine. He's going to be a, a damn good dog in the league as well over at cornerback position. I think he solidified himself against high competition against the best, second best, I think, graded wide receiver in this year's draft as well. Yeah. So let's go, let me go back to that next year's team in this position. It's not really the time to talk about that, but real, just real quick scan. You have quarterback. You only get to play one quarterback. We lost a hundred percent of our quarterbacks this year, right? All the quarterbacks. Okay. But just do a quick scan of the rest of the field. Okay. Now, last year's team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, think about linebacker. Ooh, okay. You lost all of them, right? You didn't Air, lose everybody. many of them. You lost all of them. Is defensive line the position that Georgia lost the most the highest percentage is going to lose the highest percentage of those players. You think about Zion Logue, you think about Jalen Carter kind of being the two that, that jumped to mind most clearly. But then if you want to put Robert Beal in that group sure. on the edge, if you want to call him a defensive lineman, I don't know. So it to me, that's the position, I think, because you got Kenny Mack leaving, but that whole room of running backs is back, right? Yeah. There's... 
you don't know yet about what the wide receiver room is going to look like, but you think that you're going to get a lot of production back there. The tight end room, you lose Darnell, but you still have the best tight end in the history of college football. You, yes. Safety, you lose a guy like Christopher Smith, you still have Malachi Starks. Corner, oh. you lose a guy like Keely Ringo, you still have Kamari Laster. Linebacker, you you get everybody. Everybody left, now this <laughs> everybody coming back. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of good defensive linemen coming back, but is is that that seems to be the position yeah. that Georgia lost the highest percentage of its production. That's where we said probably transfer portal. We're going to see some depth replaced, I think, at the defensive line. Some depth. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see starters come because there's already starters. Correct. They're already there. They're already there, and they're they're very good. They're very, very good. Very, very good. Right, Barry Alexander is later. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back after this, and we're going to get after Nikki, our boy. Okay. Let's let's get after him. Daniel, the final coaches poll came out. It's and here's, here's what it said. Third, Kirby, third segment listeners, welcome to the third segment, by the way. Hey, 199, the way, we're happy that you're here. Yeah, just, just get over there right now. Bonfire.com slash store slash the 199. Mm-hmm. Get on it. Get that Death March t-shirt. Watch your boys on a, on a hoodie. You'll be fine. Uh, loyal third segment listeners, let's make fun of Nick Saban, the has-been of college football. Mm-hmm. The yesteryear. The old blue hair. It's Listen, this man's at Ruby Tuesdays at 4 p.m. You understand what he's trying to do? Like this, I don't think there's a man in the world that has more curmudgeon I don't care come at me, which I, I guess I respect him for, than voting himself second best college football team when he didn't even make the playoff and lost to the team he kept out of the top five daniel correct i i have not lied one time in that entire statement no you have not okay the only reason his team doesn't have a third loss is because they weren't good enough to be in the college football playoff to begin with. Michigan, meanwhile, finished the season with all of one loss. One. Total. And they played they played 14 games. And they were in a they were in a conference championship. That's right. And and then college football playoff. Okay. So um it's it's hard because I think that's so you want to be careful about what you say because it is very true that Alabama and Nick Saban have done something that Georgia would be lucky if they even approached. And I want to be totally clear about that. For them that are ahead of us, they have done something that we have not even begun to think about doing yet in terms of longevity, in terms of dominance, in terms of overall running the sport. We get that. Georgia's dynasty, as Luke Robinson of Lockdown Alabama loves to point out, is only just beginning. He thinks mm. that's an insult. <laughs> he, think, he, thinks, he thinks that being young and virile is an insult. <laughs> so, okay. Um Georgia's dynasty is only just beginning. We're still aspiring to do the things that Alabama has done. So before anybody yells at us, again, let us read Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach. That's correct. Okay. It is pathetic to watch this fan base and to watch now the staff all the way up to the top cling for dear life. 
cling to what has been taken away from them. Like they are living so much in the past and it's the recent past. I'll grant you. It's not that long ago that Alabama was winning championships. No, but they're holding on to it so tightly clinging to it so desperately like asking ESPN if they can please fly to Los Angeles to be on TV just so people won't forget that they exist. Correct. And then voting themselves number two in a poll that literally no one else thinks that they belong in that spot. Knowing that your name is going to be attached to this and people are going to get to see. This is not Nick Saban's first rodeo. He knows that the final coaches poll is made public and everybody yeah. gets to see that. Yeah. And yet he doesn't care. No. He's trying to make a point that he thinks that his team is still very good. Guess what? This Alabama team was not good. Ask Alabama fans. But they, that, the team wasn't good. But composite, Daniel, has them number one. Go ahead. But but prognosticators have them number one with the two best college football players ever to play at their position. Of all time. Of all time. But they were a bad team. They were object not subjective. Objection. They a- weren't good. True <laughs> fact says they were bad. I'm just it's a, it's sad to watch greatness decline like this. Is it? No, it no. is not. It's not. It is not sad to watch. Here's here's why it's not sad to watch because the the clinging is desperation. And once you get desperate, uh-huh, here we go. You'd start taking left tackle transfers from Vanderbilt and telling me that they're going to they were going to ruin college football. You start taking guys from Georgia Tech and telling me that like you're going to ruin college football in the transfer portal. Now, look, I I love a certain computer company, and I, all my products come from them. If they'd like to be a sponsor of the pod, just reach out to us. Reach on out. <laughs> reach out to us. Now, when the founder and sustainer and the innovator passes, and somebody else takes over, Uh-oh. you knew. Oh no, this is it's going to be bad. It's going to and you were just waiting and sure enough it catches up and all of a sudden it's not as cutting edge, it's not the top, it's not the pinnacle. Yada yada yada. Okay. Nick Saban has go. lost the magic. It's not it's going to take a long while. It's it's a long death for people that have reached the pinnacle. We're not saying it's a quick fall from no. stardom and a quick fall off the mountain. You have built an incredible base that's going to take a very long time to chip away at. I think Alabama will be there in the mix of SEC champions. Yeah, I mean, in two years. For the next five years. In two years, when the playoff expands to 12 teams, I fully expect in. Alabama to make it. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. They are not, cannot, will not be Alabama of old. And I don't, I don't have to see anything else besides look at Nick Saban. And he knows. And I just... And I read him. He knows that they're desperate and desperate people do stupid things like vote themselves on a public voting that no one else has. It tells me everything I need to know. It's a sad, it's a bad look. It's It's a really sad look. And listen, Georgia fans, we, we know that look, right? We could admit that. Can't we? 
Like for many years, Georgia tried to posture themselves as relevant when they were just south of relevant. You understand what I'm trying to say? Remember? They were good, but they weren't on the level. Who was and our, Alabama fans, Cox was um, our quarterback. You, Alabama fans, that's who you are. All those years that you made fun of Georgia fans for being that. All those 41 years. Was that how many years it was? I can't even remember how I, many years it was. Was it 41? I can't even remember. I have no idea. Someone please remind me in the comments how long Georgia, how long Georgia's championship drought lasted. Um, that's who you are, Alabama. That's that's the program that you've become. And listen, every year that you act like this, it just puts more and more pressure next year. So listen, when you don't win the West again next year again and you don't have a trip to death valley to blame for it because lsu whipped your tail at bryant denny stadium really quick really quick brian kelly uh-oh it turns out uh-oh he may know how to coach Dabo swinney just stole your offensive coordinator and Nick Saban is now 72 years old next oh, next college football season. Well, Bill O'Brien is Bill, still... He's, yeah, he's still cashing checks still from cash. Alabama. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Look, this has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will see you guys next week, talk more about this national championship winning team as well as Mike White and those Bulldogs. We will see you guys then. See ya.